Hello and welcome to podcast number three. It is finally the end of this extremely long break. It is Singapore, it is race week and I cannot bloody wait. We have got lots in store for you today. So I have my friend Henry co-hosting the podcast with me. We are going to be talking about what we're thinking about Singapore, a little bit of a preview of what we can expect there. We are going to be getting a lesson from him. I'll, uh, I'll leave it till the end for you to find out what the lesson is on. And we are going to be answering our very first rogue question, which is exciting. It's a good one. So let's get started. And please forgive us for our Yuki super fandom. We just love him. How long have you been a Formula One fan? So I got into Formula One because of my dad, big F1 head, always on TV when I was young. And then I think the the Mercedes dominance years, I got a bit bored of it, tuned out for probably five years. And then just like everyone else, Netflix pulled me back in. Now I'm big F1 head, got my, got my WhatsApp group, watching parties, went to a race, I'm a long-term fan that had a, an absence for a, for a few years. Um, you didn't you didn't really go to a race, did you? <laughs> I went to my first Formula One race in Marseille this year. I thought French coast with some new Formula One fans. Went to Marseille together, did a bit of tourist stuff. Uh, got to the first, so we were staying in Marseille, and this is Le Casselet, which is about an hour away from from Marseille really hot 35 degrees which is great uh and we um got up nice and early <laughs> got up nice and early and it all really started at the train station in marseille basically if you don't print your ticket out in france and you get to the barriers then you can't scan the Q- <laughs> you can't scan the qr code on your phone because the barriers have nfc so as soon as you get your phone close close to the barriers then it's going to change to the apple pay screen anyway I nearly missed the train, but we got to the station where you get the bus to to Le Casselet and we had to stand in the sun for three hours. And I was already quite annoyed because it was a terrible logistical experience. And then we got there and I was like, okay, this is it. This is what we want. More queues, more long, long queues to get anywhere, to get water. You know, I wanted a few beers. Impossible. I saw the cars and I was like, oh, that's cool. But then that wore off quite quickly. You're on your phone trying to find out the speed and the times, which is very important, it turns out, to watching F1. So I made what, in hindsight, I still believe to be the correct decision to not go to the race day and only go to the qualifying day, whilst all of my friends went to the race day. I watched it from a pub in Marseille. And do you know what? What a great viewing experience it is watching (laughs) Formula One at a pub. You've got the timings on the screen. You've got no cues for for drinks. I actually had my friends at the race texting me for explanations of what was happening, which for me really um, confirmed my decision to to not go on the race day. And I've made the the decision to never go to a Formula One race ever again. So yeah, that's my that's my tale of my <laughs> first and only and last Formula One race. What an uplifting story to start the podcast off with. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I actually haven't I haven't brought myself to tell my dad that I didn't go on the second day because I think he'd be very disappointed <laughs> in me. Oh my god, so, does he not know? Um, he doesn't know. If this podcast hits the millions of viewers that I expect it to, then it'll be the first time that he finds out that I didn't go to the race day of the of the French Grand Prix. Sorry, Dad. Well, you, you need to help me out in uh, promoting the podcast, so you're gonna have to send it to him. So we have got lots of gossip to debrief. It's been so long since the last race. I know it's been essentially a summer break minus one week, but it feels like it's been forever. But I feel like silly season hasn't really been very silly. But there have been a few, like in the past few days, there's been a few announcements. So we have got another year of Yuki, which I am so happy about. What are your thoughts on Yuki? Big fan. I like his radio etiquette. Same. That's my favourite thing about him. And Yuki Sonoda and Pierre Gasly are like best mates. Are they? Oh, I didn't know that. 
yeah, they're they're very cute together. There's like compilations on YouTube of them just, you know, being being chummy. So it's very cute. Very cute. That is so lovely. The main reason I love Yuki is because he hates exercise, which I think I said on the first podcast. I saw in in the release that F1 put out about it, they said he still hates exercise and then he unwinds with things he enjoys more like gaming and eating, which I just have so much time for. What a hero. <laughs> he's young as well. How old is Yuki Tsunoda? I think he's, uh, he's like 20, 21, 22. He's very young. Yeah. I don't blame him for liking gaming and eating. No, no. Yeah, I think I think he's got half the points that Gasly's got this season, his best mm. mate. I'm a big fan. I actually, when I was doing the fantasy Formula One, he was always my star driver, but I gave up after two weeks because I was rubbish at it and I'm bitter. But at the start, I was a really big fan of Yuki. Yeah, big fan. Love him. Yeah, I love him as well. I'm very excited for another year of his angry radios. I I think he mainly got the seat, though, from what I can tell. Like, Red Bull don't really... Apparently, their juniors aren't very good. Like, the ones who are coming up in in F2 aren't great. And I know there was chat about getting Colton Herter, but I think that was for Gasly's seat. So, I think they were kind of a bit stuck and didn't have a better option. I feel like, of course, he's the best option because he's funny, but I realise that it takes a bit more than that to be a good Formula 1 driver. No, and there's also been... There's also been like press this week about, and it's probably the Red Bull, sorry, the Formula One fake news, but Red Bull replacing Perez early on with another driver because of how his performance has dropped off this season. Really? I've seen rumblings about that, but I think it might just be the bored journalists in the long gap between the two races. But I, I mean, I don't blame them for creating news. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. I mean, he has, he has been quite shit since... Mm, maybe when was he last to have a decent race I mean I know Monaco was the last one he won was it yeah it was I think I think Spa it was when Spa was when they changed his floor which I can talk about later and he's not very happy with that so that might be a a factor in his uh, his decline I'm excited to hear more and also I guess Red Bull are going to develop the car more to suit Max yeah absolutely he's the number one I think at the beginning, Max said it didn't suit his driving style so much, which is surprising given he still was doing very well, but now it does much more. So, yeah. Mm. Um, the other bit of news that's hot off the press is Joe Guanyu. Have you seen this? He has just been renewed this morning. I haven't seen this. Tell me more. Yeah. So he another year of him. I'm also really pleased about this because he's really nice. And he also has great helmets. He had the great pizza helmet last time around at Monza and he's got a really cool bubble tea one for Singapore and maybe maybe Japan as well so partly because he's lovely partly because he's good but also because of his great helmet designs I'm really pleased we're gonna have another year of him is he any good I mean he's he's what he's got Bottas Bottas is his teammate and obviously Bottas is a very experienced driver but I've not been vibing him this season tell me why you like him apart from his helmets yeah, I mean, that is that is a big part of the reason. So I think, uh, <laughs> I'm so biased. I think that he, he's got better as the season's gone on and the car's got worse as the season's gone on. So they've, mm. it's not really been seen. But I think in the last few races, he's been mostly matching Bottas. But mm. because the car has not progressed at the same rate as some of the others, it's not shown in terms of points. But Bottas mm. obviously did really well at the beginning of the season. But... Yeah, he's also been really unlucky, I think. And I think they said this in the release that he he would have had a lot more points, but because he's had like four DNFs, he's had some mechanical issues. I think that's been quite a big factor in why he's got so few points in comparison to Bottas. So yeah, not just that, you know, I like his helmets and that he's a nice guy, even though that is a big part of it. But also, <laughs> I feel like he's had some bad luck. What do you think of Latifi? I think... I mean, it feels wrong to say he's terrible because I can't really drive, but he is pretty bad in terms of Formula One. Yeah, I think it's the right thing. I'm just intrigued to see who gets the seat. But again, a lovely guy, a lovely guy. But yeah, it's the right thing for him to go. He's not very good in the scheme of Formula One. What do you think? Well, the the Reddit sphere of F1 and Latifi is a very funny space. 
is it? They call him Goat Teefy. I see a lot about this. It's, it's exactly. He's got like a loyal contingent of fans who just love how shit he is. <laughs> it's quite funny. <laughs> I feel like there does always need to be some like a token person who's not very good. There was uh I didn't really I didn't watch the whole season last year, but yeah, there was Mazapin and Latifi, and now yeah, just Latifi. R.I.P. Mm, but R.I.P. Yeah. Who's going to get a seat? What do you think? There's loads of rumours. Maybe Nick after his legendary performance could, could be him. I mean, him or maybe 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 Mick Schumacher. Uh, I mean, he's not going to get renewed with Haas or even with Danny Rick. You know, is he is he still got is he still got any fans in the paddock? I mean, he, he could yeah. They'd have two very experienced drivers there, though. But I'm just desperate for Daniel Ricciardo to not leave Formula One, to be honest. So that's probably a, a very unlikely scenario that he gets signed. Yeah, I I hope it goes to Danny Rick. I wonder if Nick will get a better seat. He's also been in talks with Alpine. He did a test with them in Hungary, I think. So I, I want Nick to get the Alpine seat. But again, just because he's really nice. <laughs> but he did smash it. He was amazing in Monza. I love the pictures of him sat next to Toto in the F1 coverage where when the camera goes to Toto in serious <laughs> moments you've just got Nick DeReese like like his like his son over his shoulder just sat there kind of smiling a little bit but like watching very intently and it's very very cute and I know you're a big Toto fan as well so that would be a nice synergy for you to see those two sat next to each other that is a lovely synergy the other exciting thing that's come out between this very very long unintentional break is the race calendar for next year 24 races the most ever because I think there was meant to be 23 this year but the Russian one obviously got cancelled so two more than the most they've ever had have you had a nose at it I have. I read a long, long explainer about all the friction around countries wanting different dates for different reasons and stuff. And it sounds like it was an absolute nightmare to put together. But yeah, 24 races. It's a lot. It's good, but it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel for the teams. That would be absolutely shattering going traveling that much my god but for us it's great i'm thrilled but yeah sucks sucks to be working in one of the teams i know i can't wait to see the the vegas one in november although miami one was so showy and it was a giant race so i hope it's not like that the fake the fake pool oh my god the (laughs) fake pool Oh, it was just too much. And it, I thought it was, I think it was the worst race of the season. So I just hope it's, I hope it's different to that. But I really want to go, but it's meant to be extortionate. I, I'd be interested to see, because there's three races in America next year now, I think. Is that right? Yeah. I would actually quite like to watch American coverage of F1, because I think it would be mm. quite funny. It would you be know, so different. An American spin. Yeah. It would be a very different vibe. I quite like the way that, Americans make such a different experience of sport in comparison to the UK. It is so over the top. So I, I quite like when I lived in when I lived in New York, I got really into basketball just because it was so fun and the way they talk about it. Yeah, it was just really exciting. Before we talk about Singapore, I want to hear what your favorite F1 related thing you have seen on social media in the past week has been. I'm a bit late to this one, but but there's a lot of Ferrari content on F1 social media at the moment around Bonotto dressed as a clown and all that <laughs> stuff. I saw I saw this week, I think someone like created a place on the Singapore Grand Prix on Google Maps where the Ferrari pit wall will be and had the picture for it was the Ferrari pit crew, pit crew all with clown, clown masks on, you know, and it's got <laughs> loads of ratings with loads of quite funny comments. But it led me into you know, down a rabbit hole of Ferrari uh, F1 content. And I don't know if you've seen this, but someone made like an The Office Ferrari parody where they are playing the theme tune from The Office with clips of Bonotto looking quite, quite confused and the drivers on bouncy balls. And it is, I've watched it quite a few times. It's absolutely spot on. So I, I, it came out like, I think it came out like a month ago, but it's, it's my favorite bit of F1 social content I've seen uh, all season. I'm starting to feel a bit bad on Ferrari now because the whole 
the whole Ferrari, uh, Formula One community are just mocking them all the time. But yeah, I highly <laughs> recommend your listeners searching the Office Ferrari edition. I, I definitely need to watch this as well. This sounds brilliant. They are getting a lot of grief, but yeah. yeah, maybe, you know, maybe it's deserved. Maybe it's deserved. I think it was deserved, but I don't think they did anything wrong in, in Monza. And I think they, they did the right things there. They did. I love that their attempts to do something different is to just ask the drivers what they what they think we yeah. should do. Time they're like, oh, what should we do? Basically, <laughs> on the radio, like, what are you thinking? Like, plan A, plan B, plan Z. Like, they just give them all the options, and they're like, yeah, what are we going for? Which is an interesting strategy, but at least they're trying something. Yeah, and I've I've listened to a few podcasts about Ferrari, and what the real the real F one heads say is that. Bonotto has changed that team from a team where heads rolled with every mistake and it was a very blame culture to somewhere where actually they fail as a team and trying to create a place where people are brave enough to speak up. But it's not, it's clearly not working. But, you know, they were saying uh, on this, on, on another podcast I listened to that historically, in F1 culture, someone someone would have got fired very early on for this, and that's just how F1 Ferrari used to operate. But now, Bonotto's trying to make a bit of a safer space. But I don't know. So nice intentions, but not working maybe uh, as as they wanted it to. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice intentions. Though. It was. I heard. I did hear it was pretty awful before. They had a horrible culture. Apparently, obviously, this makes me uh makes me die being in HR can't I feel like maybe maybe they should employ me maybe I maybe I can be the one to turn uh Ferrari around what do you think well do they have any uh any women running any F1 teams but they had Williams yeah Claire Williams. yeah so I was gonna say you could be the first but but maybe no you won't be the first anymore we've already had we've already had Claire Williams yeah yeah I think I'd need to improve my technical skills but there's well time. you're gonna have a lesson today so exactly yeah maybe after the lesson i will be enough of a pro to be a team principal watch this space so i was torn on a few things that i liked on social media also some ferrari content one of the things that absolutely slayed me was there was i don't know if you did you see the ferrari fashion show that they held this week no no oh my god it's so funny. So they had a Ferrari fashion show. So there's these people, a Carlos Sainz posted about it. He was there. And there were people basically wearing race suits with like heels and just wearing it as as a day-to-day outfit. So this, this is a Ferrari sponsored event? Yeah, it's like a Ferrari fashion show. I mean, hang on. Uh, Ferrari fashion show leather. I feel like they will come up with this. God damn. Anyway, it's a, it's an absolutely ridiculous picture. I think it must have been on his story. Damn. Okay, it was so funny. It was basically this guy wearing a Ferrari top and these weird, maybe PVC, maybe not leather trousers, kind of flary. It, it was quite a look. And I'm just really intrigued as to who their target audience is and who who's buying them. The other thing I loved was Esteban Ocon. I think this was last week, maybe. Esteban Ocon put a post about his birthday and Mick Schumacher was there which was really cute because those two are besties but what I loved is it just looked like it was in a village hall like the place they had it just it didn't look like a Formula One driver it it looked like some kind of dodgy northern town village hall you'd find in the UK which I just thought was fantastic wait this is on so who was there which other driver was there Mick Mick Schumacher so him and uh him and Esteban Ocon best pals it's really cute I like that. I like that. It was very sweet. <laughs> that was so. They, they were my two faves. Also, Carlos signs in the sauna, but that's too inappropriate to put on a podcast. Whoops. Okay, Singapore preview. So it's a night race. There are loads of corners. I think it's maybe the second most. So it's meant to be one of the trickiest races for the drivers. It's twenty three corners and. It is super humid, although there is currently rain forecast as well, which will hopefully spice it up. So there has been a safety car in every race since they've held it in Singapore. Who do you think is going to crash first? Uh, Latifi will go first, but that will be fine for all of us. Yep. I don't think any of the top top six drivers, I don't think any of the top three teams will crash. They've been pretty good, actually. Yeah. 
uh, staying out of trouble. Max has grown up a bit. The Mercedes boys, they're they're pretty pretty careful apart from the Hamilton Alonso boo boo a couple of weeks ago. So. Oh yeah. Probably some scrappy mid- midfield action. Um I think maybe my my guess would say would say one of the Hasses crashes. That's that's what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. I hope not Mick. I don't I also don't want K Mag to crash, but I hope not Mick because I just want him to get a seat for next year again because he's really nice. So yeah, I hope he doesn't crash, but I feel you could be right. He does have a tendency to. Yeah. Um, tough tough race for the bouncy teams as well. Bumpy track. Mm. Um, yeah, bumpy track. I think one of the drivers this week, maybe it was Carlos Sainz, said said it would be the, the hardest race of the year for the drivers. Like you said, lots of corners, humid, very yeah. humid, very bumpy track. Yeah. Yeah, they've all been, they all cycle in a sauna to prepare for this race, apparently. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, that's great knowledge. It sounds awful. I can't think of anything worse. No. Two things I enjoy doing, would never want to do them together. <laughs> you enjoy cycling? I do, yeah. You cycle oh, to work. But now I can't be bothered because it's too far. <laughs> um, yeah, my poor bike has just been sat in the garage since I since I moved here. Um, whoops. Yeah. So no, it does sound like it's a tough track for them. What else is going on? I think Alpine are bringing a new floor to the Singapore Ooh. F1. They're hoping, optimistically, it helps them with their downforce. Um, because they are starting to fall off the pace. So, yeah, that, that could be good. So keep it on Alpine this weekend. Could be could be a very big upgrade for them. Oh, I hope so. I like Alpine. I also I know they've obviously had loads of uh loads of grief about the Piastri situation, and maybe it was their fault, but I don't know. I feel like they're having a tough time and I'd like them to do well. Yeah. Un- for, for no reason really at all. I was rooting for them in Alpine versus McLaren. I think the main reason is because I really like Esteban Ocon. I don't know why you like him so much. I think Esteban Ocon is an average driver. Yeah, but you know my opinions are based on how much I think they're nice rather than how good a driver they are. I don't even think he's that nice. Do you know what? Why do you think he's so nice about him? Oh, I just think he's so sweet. He came from humble beginnings. He gave his first paycheck to his parents. I think he knows what he's doing. You're falling right into his trap. Yeah, I am falling into the trap. Este, I love you. You're fab. He's got an insane name. Esteban José Jean-Pierre Ocon Kerfan. Oh my God, that's so long. Yeah, it is long. Wow. Esteban. And he's tall. He's really tall. Him and George Russell are really tall, aren't they? Tall for F1 drivers, yeah. Hmm. Yuki yeah. is so small. Isn't he like 5'1"? Oh, we like Yuki, don't we? Yeah, Yuki. <laughs> um, did you know there was a scandal in 2008 with, okay, I need to try and remember this in the right way, at Singapore with Max's girlfriend's dad's son? Hey, no, tell me. There's another scandal from this family. Tell me more. Another scandal from this family. Although this one sounds like it wasn't really his. I mean, it was his fault, but I'll tell you the story anyway. So when I was Googling Singapore um, to find out more about the track, I learned this. So apparently in 2008, Nelson Piquet Jr., he was driving for Renault with Alonso and he was ordered to crash at a time that benefited Alonso by the Renault management. So what happened was Alonso started, I think like, he started like 15th. He started quite far back due to having some issues in qualifying, some mechanical issues. So they, it was when they still refueled. So he started with low fuel. He pitted before anybody else. He pitted really early. And then straight after that, PK crashed. And he crashed at a specific point uh, on the track that wasn't near a crane so that the safety car would be deployed. And the rules were different in those days. So the pit lane was closed until all the cars had bunched up behind the safety car. So you couldn't just, you know, now, like obviously as soon as there's a safety car, loads of people get straight into the pits. You couldn't do that in those days. So what happened was everybody bunched up behind the safety car. So all the lead cars lost their advantage. So anybody who'd pitted just beforehand benefited. And that was Alonso, who was the only one who'd, who'd done it. So some people then pitted and those that hadn't pit then had to pit after the safety car and were stuck behind the slower cars because I think it can take because the track's really narrow it can take a while to to overtake in Singapore so Alonso and Alonso then won the race 
which is just mental. And mm. then apparently there were a few like skeptics, a few people were making comments about it, but nobody really thought anything of it. It just, everyone just kind of thought it was luck. And then PK was dropped mid season and he basically just came out and said, he made a couple of statements saying that he was asked to crash by the team. Wow. Yeah. What a scandal. Wow. I love that. You love that. It's terrible, I, Henry. <laughs> I, I, love, I, love, I, love, I love the scandals and the conspiracies in Formula One. It's one of the most, one of the funnest things. That is really nasty though. Didn't yeah. Sch- Schumacher did something, didn't he, like that? He just drove into another car. So he won did the it? season. Yeah. Yeah. He was quite ruthless. Did you enjoy the Yuki Tsunoda conspiracy theories at Zandvoort a couple of weeks ago? Oh my ago? God, yeah. <laughs> I, it did cross my mind in the race. And then I was yeah. like, no, 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 no. I mean, why would they do it? They've literally got no reason to because Red Bull are laughing. They are so far ahead. But I did enjoy, I, lo- I love the scandal as well. Tsunoda, uh, uh, classic vintage Tsunoda comment said something along the lines of, people need to get an MRI scan. <laughs> do you think this is real? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, he, he slows me. That is so funny. Well, fingers crossed we get another scandal um, in 2022. I'm excited mm, to see. Good good section on the podcast, that scandal, Ooh. little scandal section with yeah. conspiracy theories. You could become a conspiracy theorist podcast, like dangerous territory, but you know, it could go anywhere, couldn't it? It could go anywhere. Maybe. Maybe each week I can I can talk about a rogue conspiracy theory out there and see if it's mm. true. But this so but with this one, they um they Renault didn't contest the charges. They basically admitted that it was true. Really? Yeah. Uh, they didn't like they didn't say it was, but yeah, they didn't contest it. And uh, nobody really knows if Alonso knew, but he PK said something like he because the strategy was so strange for him in terms of pitting early and starting with low fuel, he would have surely questioned it. So he thinks he did know, but yeah, he was cleared of any wrongdoing, but the MD and the director of engineering left the team as a result of it. So that is spicy. Mm -hmm. Our next thing, which I've been so excited for is answering the rogue question on the podcast. So this is our first rogue question. And this was submitted by my friend, Sarah, uh, not biased as to why I picked her. I just thought it was a fantastic question. And the question is, what are the weirdest pre-race rituals on the grid? And the second part of the question is, what would our pre-race ritual be? So for the weirdest pre-race rituals I thought I could give you a quiz I am going to tell you the ritual and then you have to tell me which driver you think it is okay this is going to test my deep deep formula one knowledge to to its limits so let's let's go let's do it okay are you ready I'm ready now is I don't know if I've seen this happen but this is what one of the drivers said which team do you think the teammates hug for 10 seconds before the race Wow. Uh, 10 seconds. That's a long time to hug someone. It's quite intense, isn't it? Uh, is that is that a ritual that's happening every season or is it just happening this season? This season, apparently. Every, every race, apparently, but... I'm going to go with... <laughs> this is hard. I, I swear if this was real, then we would have seen this. <laughs> like we were. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Ferrari because there's there's all sorts of weird shit going on in Ferrari this season. Uh, so yeah, who is it? Tell me. Tell me I'm wrong. I feel like it could be a Ferrari strategy. It wouldn't surprise me if they were like, "This is our next one." But it's apparently Daniel and Lando. So Daniel said in an interview, what? "Yeah, Daniel said in an interview, him and Lando hug for ten seconds before every race." That. I I think that's Ricardo just mugging everyone off. Surely, 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 yeah. can't be telling the truth. I think they I think they hate each other. Well, there's a lot of chat about this, isn't it? And they 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 get asked about it quite a lot because Lando said, "Oh, you know, it's just that he's into wine and I'm young, so I'm into different things like gaming." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're not that <sighs> similar, are they? They're both funny guys. Did did Daniel Ricciardo say that after all of this team change stuff? No, it was before. Okay. okay. <laughs> Probably doesn't hug him anymore. Uh, 
Wow. It could be some some top top bants from from Danny Rick. But okay, cool. Love it. I want to I want to believe it. Yeah. I want to see it. I want to see this. Is there someone there with a stopwatch? Like, no, four more seconds, guys. Is there someone there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, someone tries to pull away from the hug early. Mad. But yeah, that was one of my favourite ones. That is good. That is good. Okay, next one. Which person's, which driver's brother sends him the song, Pass the Duchy, before every race? Well, the Duchy, I guess, is... Verstappen? I'm giving nothing away. I reckon I reckon it's Leclerc's brother. Yeah. It is. Really? Yeah. yeah Arthur Leclerc sends this yeah. to Charles before every race. He sends him the song Pass the Duchy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. If only it were true. If only it if only it could happen, hey? If only it could happen. Unfortunately, he's never passing him, but no. so it's not really. I feel like he needs to get a new ritual for next year. Yeah. But I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that is good. Which driver said when they were asked uh, what their pre-race ritual was, they just said that they go to the loo and that's it. Uh, that's, that feels like a very Sebastian Vettel sort of short, direct answer. Who was it? It is. Really? Oh, I'm smashing this. Love it. You're great at this. Yeah, it's Vettel. He also said he only gets in via the left side of the car. It's said he's mm. something he's always done. But yeah, he just says he goes to the loo. That's his pre-race ritual. I think I think doesn't I think Seb I thought I read once that Seb has some metal silver trinkets from his grandma that he puts in his shoes as well, maybe. Oh, yeah. That's lovely. I think he's got some lucky silver or something like that, Seb. On the subject of Seb, whilst we're here, I um I watched his Instagram retirement video and cried an awful lot. You cried? Oh, did you? I think the way he was speaking about how eloquent he was about his kids was, I thought it was amazing. So yeah, big big fan of of Sebastian Vettel, and um I I really liked his send off video. I thought it was very good, very well put. That is very very sweet. Okay, are you ready for your next one? Yeah, I feel I feel this pressure now because I've got two of them right. But go on, hit me. Okay, which driver do you think naps for twenty minutes before the race? I want so I'm not going to commit, but I want to say it's Yuki because he loves sleeping. <laughs> but and it's a driver this season. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say Yuki Tsunoda, but not not 100 sure on that. But I can imagine he does it anyway if he hasn't said it. So it's not him. It is Gasly. Really? Yeah. Apparently an hour before the race, he goes to nap for 20 minutes. I mean, that says a lot about his uh, mental strength, that he can just turn off and go to sleep before a race. I can't even turn off, like, on a Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to race the car. Pierre Gasly is absolutely jacked. <laughs> like, look, at, look at photos of, Pe- of Pierre Gasly without his shirt on. It's amazing. I think he's probably got the best bod of all the Formula One drivers. Ooh, okay. I'll, I'm going to have a look. I'm going to have a look. I've just put in Pierre Gasly topless onto Google Photos. Let me just double check. He looks great. Like, fair play to Pierre Gasly. Yeah, he's, he's in great shape. Let's have a little Google. He, yeah. Uh, Gasly topless. I'm really intrigued for what your suggested images are going to be next and the kind of adverts that you're going to get. As a result of your search history. He seems to be featuring quite heavily on hotdrivers.tumblr.com. So, (laughs) (laughs) Did not know that existed. (laughs) But I'll be checking that out. Oh, God, I just got a notification saying safe search is off. You might see nudity, sexual content and other explicit results. Yeah, he is ripped. Yeah. Wow. Gasly. Working hard. I think, wasn't he the one that was, um, isn't he the one that, this is another Reddit thing. I think Pierre Gasly is spotted quite regularly liking photos of like very, very attractive Instagram models. And then people, people screenshot it and put it on, on Reddit. Yeah. He, um, I think, I think, I think, I think he's, he's been caught out quite a few times. That's so funny. Yeah. I like Gasly. What a character. Okay. The final one, which driver speaks to their sports psychologist before every race to calm them down? Do they all have one? Do they all have sports psychologists? Um, I don't know if they all have one. I feel like 
You'd think so. Is, what's her name? Is Angela? Angela's not Hamilton's sports psychologist, is she? No, she's a physio. Okay. <sighs> hmm. Let's have a think. I'm going to say, hmm. Ah, oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to guess. I'm going to say George Russell. So, it's your man, Yuki. Yuki? Yuki, yeah, because you know he loses his shit in every race. Uh, I reckon this is this is Yuki's boss being like, Yuki, for goodness sake, have this sports psychologist and have a chat to her because you're being an absolute nightmare. I can't imagine <laughs> Yuki being like, do you know what? I really want to talk to a sports psychologist before my race. I think it's a bit of top-down pressure there. I think you're probably right because Helmut Marko got him as a sports psychologist. So, yeah, that probably really? is factor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, he's scary, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. Mm. So there we go. They are my five favourite pre-race rituals. What would yours be? I'm quite sad that I didn't I didn't ace it. I did quite badly at the end. You got two. I think that's quite oh, good. Two. Yeah, optimist. Well, I did think about this this morning, actually. Did you? Yeah, yeah I did, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gave Henry a heads up that this question was coming, so. Yeah, I mean... For your listeners, shouldn't underestimate the amount of preparation that goes into these podcasts, Becca. You know, I've got, you sent me four pages of homework to do. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, I know this is going to sound weird, Mm -hmm. but I would have a scotch egg every morning of the day. (laughs) There was an anecdote I listened to many years ago about someone having a scotch egg at a Formula One race and being able to smell it around the circuit. And I think I just really like the idea of that as a driver. Like it would be my familiar, you know, I'd have it, you know, when you, you know, when you eat some strong food and then you like, you do a little burp and you can really taste it. Yeah. <laughs> oh so my think, God. This is not where so, I thought this was going. So, so scotch egg, like a strong scotch egg. Uh, I'd have okay. it before the race in the morning and then mm-hmm. I'd feel it as I go around the track. <laughs> And I can smell it. <laughs> do you um, want to feel a Scotch egg whilst you're going around the track? I mean, you, I you so. do, apparently. So. I think for me, it would be, it would be home. <laughs> so yeah, Scotch a taste egg. Of Britain. Uh, taste of Britain. Yeah, taste of home. Home comforts. <laughs> big, big wee. Like, yeah. huge wee. Yeah. Because I know that you just wee going around the track if you need one in your in your suit but you know you're not washing your own race suit are you someone else is doing that and I don't think I could mm. in good faith know that someone else had you know washed my wee I, I know it's probably fine but uh yeah it's very respectful of you apparently Lewis says he's never done it he's never right. in a suit yeah I mean Lewis didn't Lewis you- didn't Lewis's drinks bottle break in a recent hot race and in France, yeah. Yeah, that was it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be grim. So yeah, big wee, scotch eggs, like a little bit of yoga or something. I've never done yoga before, but I reckon it's probably like a good thing to do. Um, yeah. you know, the, the dog, the, the up dog and the down dog, whatever it is, <laughs> and the, the the um yeah, all those things. Fine, boring. My favourite would be a little game that I'd play on the starting grid. Okay. What I would do is when Martin Brundle's running around awkwardly on TV <laughs> trying to find great drivers, I would kind of like give him an inch where he thinks I might be free, but then keep him on the edge for ages so he's following me around with the mic. And I think I think it'd be so much fun. And like obviously after a while Brundle would become wise that I'm mugging him off. So I'd have to like give a little bit more every single time because Martin might come back from a break and be like, oh, thank God. Henry, Henry's going to speak to me this race. And then I just all of a sudden turn around, have a serious conversation with my driving race engineer. Um, so that would be another like little ritual of mine. Uh, I really like that. Yeah. yeah. And it would be excellent TV. It's one of my favourite parts of the race build up. <laughs> yeah. I'm always sad when Martin's off watching his, his son race and can't make the, the Formula One races. But yeah, that would be it. And then maybe like pranks on other drivers. Oh, yeah. Mess with the heads. You know, like uh, whoopee cushions in their seats, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. Light-hearted pranks to win the mental game. Yeah. I like it. I can I can see you doing that. Yeah. 
definitely definitely whoopee cushions or a lot of whoopee cushions like and i imagine the the like the where the drivers sit is pr- quite a protected area so you'd have to be a bit more creative like maybe in front of one of the wheels no one's checking there maybe and then when the, <laughs> when the cast when the car starts you get like a whoopee cushion sound yeah maybe some crumbs from my scotch egg like scattered scattered around like i mean there's probably not many crumbs on the f1 circuit so it would just freak people out a bit it would you should put it in like in their race suits or like there's mm. nothing more annoying when you're in bed and you roll over and you're oh, there's a crumb like from the yeah. takeaway i drunkenly had last night so i feel like you could put it in their race suits or in their shoes because that yeah, is shoes. one of the most annoying things yeah um crumbs in shoes and then also maybe so two things tech technology related things sometimes they're all listening to music so sometimes i could get some like special app that would like over like chip into their airpods and like send them spooky messages to really freak them out and (laughs) and also you know when like you're on the tube or you know you're you're out and about and some you get some weird airdrop request probably from some weird bloke trying to send you pictures of his willy but i would send like (laughs) try and airdrop I'd send the drivers dick pics. No, I would send the drivers like really, really kind, good luck messages in like really like crappy font um, over airdrop. Like, hey, Lando, you're so good at driving and I can't wait to drive next to you today. Good luck from your favorite fan, Henry, something like that. (laughs) That is the weirdest one. Why? Why would you do that? Because imagine you're Lando Norris and like, me and say me and Lando are quite close for fourth position or something in the championship standings. Imagine like your closest rival sending you quite a weird, very nice looking message that's like a little bit creepy, but not like not 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 creepy enough to be weird. You'd be like, would you reply? <laughs> would you say, oh, thanks, Henry. Good luck to you as well. Or would you just ignore it? It's gonna trick. It's gonna play around in your head, isn't it? So um, yeah. <laughs> There's some interesting psychology going on in your thinking about how you're messing with the drivers. Yeah. Yours are so much better than mine. So I would have a really good slice of pizza, but not much because there's nothing worse than being painfully full. And I wouldn't want to be painfully full when I was driving. So I'd have a bit of pizza, but not a full pizza. I'd have a margarita that not not the pizza, the drink, because I'd need something to calm my nerves because I'm a very bad driver. I would need really need something to take the edge off the intense fear about the fact that I would be about to die. So I'd have a drink in secret because otherwise I wouldn't be like, allowed to race. What what are the regulations with boozing in the FIA? Do they have any have they ever had to write that you can't get drunk before a race? Oh, I don't know. Maybe that should be the next road question that we answer. FIA F1 alcohol I, I reckon i reckon no one's ever bothered trying so um so it's probably not written oh hang on okay the first is that it's illegal and if the fia catches a drive with alcohol in their system after a race they can be disqualified so yeah. well I'll, I'll have dnf so it doesn't really matter okay <laughs> we're gonna have to cancel that one <laughs> all right no mark for me god how disappointing i would i would do i would also go to a hot tub for maybe half an hour but it would wouldn't be that hot a tub it would be like a medium tub because the races they're they're so warm and they're so warm in the car that I wouldn't want to get that warm before the race so it would maybe be like a I don't know like a 20 degree tub rather than a proper hot tub but Mm -hmm. I there's just there's there's nothing I find more relaxing than sitting in a hot tub I did it with a margarita Mm. um, but apparently not not before the races because I'll be disqualified even though I won't have finished and then my final thing is uh, one of my favorite things to G me up before a race is I listen to the Formula One theme tune multiple times. And wait, I've which, been making... which theme tune? The the one that goes da 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 that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I can feel that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really motivating. Sometimes I'll, I'll play it to Emily just to just to get us ready for a Monday. Mm. So. I'd listen to that because I think it's quite an exciting song. I think it would get me, it would get me hyped. So then they'd be my previous rituals, but I really feel like I should need to think about this a little bit more deeply given your answers. Quite poor from me. Well, I think you're, you're looking a bit more inwardly in your Mm. pre-race prep and I'm more looking at 
getting into the brains of my competitors. So maybe we needed to combine them. That might work. Maybe we do need to combine them. We'd be yeah. a great race driver if we were one person. Yeah. You'd sabotage. Yeah. yeah. I'd be very relaxed. Yeah, exactly. And pissed. Yeah. And pissed, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'd, maybe have the Scotch egg as well. I, I do love a Scotch egg. Mm. Um, okay. That was fantastic. God, I, I feel ready for an F1 race. Just get, just get me on the grid. Our last segment, which I'm really excited for, is your lesson. So, Henry, what are you going to be teaching us about today? Today, Becca. <laughs> Wait, what is that program? <laughs> is, it, is that stars in your eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stars in your eyes, yeah. <laughs> Tonight, Becca, I'm going to be talking about the Formula One ground effect. Woohoo! Nice. I don't know anything about these apart from what you have told me in passing. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to get Dom on next week because I'm intimidated by Dom's knowledge. He knows more than I do. So he'll correct everything that I say that's wrong, but I'm going to give it my best shot. <laughs> I'm ready. Dom, Dom can be your corrector. I've got yeah. faith in you. And remember, okay. I don't know anything. So I'm just going to be, even if you're telling me complete bollocks, I'll be like, yeah. Yeah, sounds great. So in this this season, in this Formula One season, we had big changes introduced around how the cars generate downforce because last season we had cars struggling to follow other cars and Liberty Media, who bought Formula One in 2017, I think, making various changes to to increase the, the viewership of the sport and uh, the FIA worked with them to make the sport as exciting as possible and that means overtaking. We like overtaking. It's great. And this season, we've seen some very good wheel-to-wheel action, I think, as a result of this change, which has been introduced by the FIA around generating downforce. So in 2021, the regulation has been introduced to allow the underside of the floor of the car, which is literally when they lift the car up in the air, when it crashes and you look underneath. In 2021, it's completely flat, but some new regulations are allowing change here to change the, the way that the floor is constructed to allow for what is called ground effect which is to have more downforce created from the underbody of the car. And what's downforce? So when you're going around corners, you want your your tyres to be really pushed into the circuit so you can turn around those corners at high speeds. So it's around being able to push the car down onto the track so it can go around corners faster. But then also things like the DRS flap is to reduce downforce when you're on the straight so you can go, you can go faster. So the FIA want more downforce and they want this from the ground effect rather than just the wings. And the reason that is, is because in, in the previous seasons, cars were generating downforce via their wings that creates very turbulent air, which means when you're following or overtaking, if you're following a car before, you're getting massive downforce reduction. I was reading, I think, something around 50% downforce reduction in previous in the last season when you were following a car versus around 18% when you're following a car in this season in terms of the reduction of downforce that you're having, which means you can follow a car in front of you for longer without it kind of ruining your tyres, uh, which was happening before. You, you'd see on the radio cars stepping off a little bit in previous seasons because they didn't want to follow the car in front because it was ruining their their tyres and they were in this turbulent air. So they actually had the this change was actually introduced before. They In the late 70s, they also had downforce generated from the floors, but it was it was deemed too dangerous. Cars were slipping around all over the place. But the circuits are much safer now. We have better safety in place. Aero's improved. So we're back. And we also have wooden planks under all the cars. So we have these wooden planks under the cars to stop them from going too low. And if it's been worn down by more than a millimetre at the end of the race, the car is disqualified. So, Ooh. yeah. Because it's too low? If it's too low and you're, you're, you're getting the car scraping along the underside of the car too much, more than a mil, then you're disqualified. But the, the teams do some smart stuff here they have those these little bits of titanium on the bottom of the car which sometimes you'll see sparks fly out from the car is that, I, know, I always wondered why that was yeah yeah that's, that's little why. bits of bit of metal on the underside of the car that they're doing oh. to try and allow them to kind of go quite low sometimes without hitting that that plank the goal of the this change is to allow you to get downforce by reducing the space between the floor of the f1 car and the tarmac to create low pressure which means you get air circulating at faster speeds and get you better downforce it's actually quite like an airplane, but the other way around. So an okay. airplane's trying to generate lift, but mm. the, the the new floors are trying to suck you down to the tarmac. And actually, something that they didn't realise 
from this change, the teams, because they were testing all this in the simulators, because they get limited, they get limited time before a season to test their cars on track, is pur- porpoising. Yeah, this was like an unanticipated side effect of the this new ground effect, because as the cars get to high speeds and they're being sucked down to the circuit, it stops the airflow that's needed to generate that downforce. And then the car springs up because it stops sucking it down, gets into a rhythm where it's like the ground force is working really well. The car's sucking to the, to, to the circuit and then it gets so low that the, the air circulation stops and the car pops up. So that's linked to this, this floor change. So yeah, they, they, the FIA have tweaked it again. They tweaked it in Spa and there was all this yeah. news about how it was going to massively impact Ferrari and Red Bull, but it didn't really at all as much as expe- expected. And interestingly, Sergio took on a new floor I think at Spa and didn't like it. And because of the cost camp, he's been unable to go back to the floor that Max has on the car, which is better from Sergio's perspective. So Max and Sergio now have different floors in their cars. And there's some argument that Sergio struggled in this season since this change to his floor. So they have different floors. Uh, How did I do boss? How's my homework marking going to (laughs) be? I think you did fantastically. I This is really interesting. I feel like I learned a lot. And I always wondered what the sparks were. I never mm. knew. Mm. I never knew. And it's good to know about Sergio's car. Yeah, it's, they're spending their money. I mean, they're obviously spending their money in the right way. But I mean, they might as well change it now. Max doesn't need to win anymore. He could sit out the next few races and he'd still win. He can win, yeah. he can win the world championship in Singapore. You're right. You're right. That's Yeah, that's a sad, sad, sad state. I didn't realise that. Gosh. Yeah, I know it is, isn't it? It has to be quite a specific set of circumstances. Sky Sports did a little chart, which was good. They It was like, if Max wins with fastest lap, Perez has to finish like fourth or below. Leclerc has to finish eighth or below. Yeah, so it has to be a specific set of circumstances. But I have no doubt that Ferrari will find a way to make it happen. Before we go, what is your Singapore prediction? I did mine on the last podcast and I did... Hamilton for his first and only win of the season, Max second because of a mechanical issue and George third, but I, I'm lying to myself. I think Max is going to win. What is, what's your prediction? Well, lots of slow corners. So probably favours the Mercedes a little bit more than usual. Max, then Russell, then Sergio, then Hamilton. There you go. Ooh, Ferrari's okay. nowhere to be seen. I mean, I hope I'm right and I hope you're wrong. Because mm. if Max wins the championship, I'm just going to be... What's the point? Yeah, that's gonna be, what's the point? What's what, the point? What are you going to fill your podcast with for the rest of the year? Oh, God, I'm, I'm sure I'll find some trash. <laughs> um, maybe some more Yuki chat. <laughs> yeah, Yuki chat's good. Yeah, Yuki chat's, Yuki chat's good. always good. I think we should end the podcast with your race car impression because I know you're really proud of oh, it. Oh, God. So that can be the last thing you do. I'm all ears. Hit me. So I used to live in France. And uh, I used to, guys, everyone listen to the podcast. I used to live in France. Anyway, the reason it's relevant is because we, our school used to be next to a motorway and in detention. Because, you know, I don't know if you guys know on this podcast, but I was a bit of a rebel at school. So I was in detention sometimes. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) These kids at the back used to do car impressions to trick the person running detention that it was a real car going past the motorway. And I always looked at them and I was so impressed, but I was too scared to talk to them because they're older and scary and I didn't really have any friends in France. Uh, so at oh. home, I practiced it and I think I've got it to a pretty good place. Although it's probably a bit more kind of 2015 era Formula One car than, than now, but <laughs> you've pinpointed it to an era i think i have yeah um <clears throat> so there's two variations there's kind of normal going past at speed and then maybe downshifting for some corners and then there's like a pit lane exit so Ooh. yeah i can do both actually because i know i know becca you're nodding oh sorry you're you're really up for that nodding you're not nodding because we we're, we're on the podcast okay <laughs> okay so i'll do the uh god i haven't warmed up <clears throat> You can you can sort this out in the edit, right? If it, if it's bad, can't you? Yeah, great. Okay, this is kind of uh, <laughs> this is kind of go, getting up some speed and then maybe downshifting. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> how was it? <laughs> You're right. You have pinpointed the era. Yeah. So wow. yeah, I think there's also like the the fly past. 
Yeah. That, that was great. Uh, and the final one's hard, but I'll try it. It's like pit lane and then leave. <clears throat> there we go oh my god they're great (laughs) so i when i was editing the theme tune for the podcast i was googling lots of royalty free music and i had to find some royalty free car sounds and i edited it in to my theme tune maybe i should get rid of that and edit in your sound because it's more accurate yeah, I think I could I could say the rights to that. It wouldn't be too much. Probably looking for a couple of hundred pounds for the first one and then we'll figure out the prices for the second one. Yeah. You're not getting a penny. Henry, you've been fab. Thanks cool. for the lesson. Thanks for all your expertise. And I'm excited for Singapore. Same. Come on, hammers. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening as ever. As you know, we are only a few apps into this podcast. We want to hear what you think. Please leave us a review wherever you're listening to your podcast. You can leave whatever rating you want. But you know, if it's five stars, we're particularly grateful. And let us know what you're enjoying. Let us know what you're not enjoying. We're all ears. We can take it. So our next podcast is going to be our post-Singapore one. You can expect our Lewis Hamilton outfit review. And we want to hear your rogue questions for the next podcast. You can either contact us on Instagram at Formation Chat. Give us a follow and let us know your questions. Or you can email us at formationchatf1 at gmail.com. See you next week.